Hello and welcome to Podiatrics Medical Podcasts. Today's final podcast is more of a nephrology topic and we're going to talk about post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis versus IgA nephropathy. Commonly in exams and I'm just going to give you some clues, tips and tricks to help determine when you've narrowed it down to these two which one's the correct answer. So really you've got post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis. Some people call it post-infectious glomerulonephritis. Um, tends to be the um, nephrotoxigenic strains of group A strep pyogenes. The important thing is the timing when you're trying to distinguish it. So it ha- tends to happen 10 to 14 days um, after the onset. IJ nephropathy tends to be synchronous, so it tends to be around about the same time as the illness. What would I use to choose them apart? Well, gross hematuria, as in visible hematuria, is much more common in IJ nephropathy, quoted in most textbooks as being over 80% of cases. Gross hematuria in post-streptococcal is around about 30%, so that's an important distinguishing feature. Hypertension tends to point towards post-infectious glomerulonephritis. Let's pretend we haven't even looked in detail at the information in the question. If they've had it um, two weeks after the upper respiratory tract infection and they've got hypertension, I'm definitely thinking post-infectious or post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis. If they've had it the same time as the illness and they've got gross hematuria, I'm definitely going towards IJ nephropathy. What other ways can we use to determine it? Well, a very simple way is to look at complement levels, okay? Is to look at complement levels. So a way of looking at this is looking at your C3 and C4 levels, just your complement levels. Causes of reduced complement levels is post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis. Normal complement levels with IgA nephropathy. So complement levels are another way in the question that they can determine between it. So let's recap one more time. IgA nephropathy, the I is a way of looking at immediate, okay? So it's almost in the immediate period of the illness or just after. So begins during or a few days after the onset of an upper respiratory tract infection. The illness might be upper respiratory tract, might be gastroenteritis, might be UTI, okay? But tends to be an upper respiratory tract infection in the exams. The C3 levels are usually within normal limits for IgA nephropathy, okay? On biopsy, it tends to show mesangial IgA deposition, And if there is hypertension, it will tend to be treated with ACE inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers. But again, the key things to remember, IgA nephropathy is, begins days after, might be uh, upper respiratory tract infection, might be gastroenteritis, might be UTI, but complement levels tend to be normal, okay? Post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis tends to begin weeks so that's why we say seven to ten days okay sometimes 10 to 14 different places specify different amounts 
The illness might be a pharyngitis or an upper respiratory tract infection, or it can be skin infections. Your, your C3 and CH50 levels are reduced, so reduced complement levels in post-streptococcal. And if you do the streptozyme test, um, that will tend to be positive and say that you've had a recent um, infection, a group A strep infection. You're basically looking at the group A strep. A hypertension tends to be treated more in this case with ferrosamide. But really, the important things, if I was, if we take an example, okay, so if you have got a child who has presented with gross hematuria and they are currently quite snotty and sniffy and have got an upper respiratory tract infection, their complement levels have been done and they are normal. I'm thinking normal complement levels um, would tend to suggest IgA nephropathy. So I'm saying normal complement levels would tend to suggest IgA nephropathy and they've got gross hematuria, IgA nephropathy. Another patient might have had a throat infection two weeks ago. Their urine might be dark, okay? And their blood pressure is, what should we say? Their blood pressure is slightly elevated and they have got a low C3 and a normal C4 level. So because they have got low complement levels, a suggestion of hypertension and not really anything in the way of gross hematuria, I would say post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis. Remember for the last bit of today, um, about the difference between the two, remember that both are immune complex on the gel and Coombs hypersensitivity reaction. So acid, so type one, are allergy or IgA mediated responses, Two, RC, so these are cytotoxic, so these are antibody dependent. I is immune complex deposition, which both post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis and IgA nephropathy belong to. And type four is D or delayed, so this is a cell-mediated response. Things like chronic transplant rejection and contact dermatitis. Remember for type one allergy, it's IgE. For cytotoxic, it's IgG and IgM. For type 3, um, this is IgG. For type 4, it is T-cells because it's cell-mediated, not humoral um, immune responses. So we'll summarise one last time. If patient number 1 began days after the onset of an upper respiratory tract infection, C3 levels were normal, what would we be thinking? And what supportive symptoms would we be looking at? So if I also told you that this patient had gross hematuria, you would say that as IgA nephropathy. If this began weeks after a streptococcal infection, C3 and CH50 levels were reduced and they were positive for group A strep, then what would we think it is? We'd say post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis and um, we know that hypertension is more common in these group of patients. I will do a separate podcast on the Gell and Coombs hypersensitivity classification. But for today, that has been the difference between IgA nephropathy and post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis in just over eight minutes. Thank you very much for listening. Yay!